pray, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity to once again be in your presence, be with your people, to hear your word. We don't come and gather here to hear from a man or a woman. We come to hear from the Spirit of God who is a teacher of all people. And I ask that you would humble us, take away our arrogance, take away our preconceived notions, philosophies, and ideas that are keeping us from receiving the true gift that you give, which is yourself. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shouts, amen, amen. So one of the reasons why I love Christmas is because we get to watch a whole lot of new movies that come out. Anybody with me out there? Like, like what is Christmas without Die Hard? Are y'all with me? Like, like I saw a meme, I saw a meme the other day, and it said this. It said, um, the, the thing about, you know, leaving cookies for Santa is one thing, but it's better for you to leave some duct tape, a pencil, some batteries, and a, and a gun. Only diehard, diehard fans would understand what I'm talking about right there. Around the Christmas season, it's, it's, a, it's a tradition that, that good movies, blockbuster movies come out, Die Hard, Avatar. Who's seen the new Avatar? Right? Who's seen the old Avatar? Most of those blockbuster movies come out in December. But there's no movie that captured the Christmas spirit or captured people's hearts. Like a movie that was a gamble for Hollywood. It was called the tie Titanic. Exactly, exactly. The Titanic. Came out December 19, 1997. And we love good stories. We love good stories. We love good love stories around Christmas time. The Titanic, based on the actual ship, the Titanic. The Titanic was called the, the last word on luxury. It was called the millionaire special. It was called the unsinkable ship. It was called the wonder ship. Because they said that this ship was the, the most magnificent ship to ever set sail. Called it the Titanic. 2,240 people left on that first voyage of the Titanic. They left with their dreams. They left with their aspirations. They left with their plans. And they had no worries. They had, they had, no, they, they had nothing but, but, but hope for what that trip was going to give them. They were living in their freedom, living in their happiness. And then the iceberg hit. The iceberg hit. And everything changed. Capture, uh, 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 panic uh, captured their hearts and struck everyone. Now, when I think about the Titanic, the first thing, the first image that pops up in my mind, I, I want to see if any, any women will, will resonate with me, is Leonardo DiCaprio. A anybody with me? When I think the Titanic, this is what I think. I think this. I think of, of Jack Dawson, played by Leonardo Di, DiCaprio and, his, and the love of his life, Kate Winslet's character. I don't think of John Harper. Anybody heard of John Harper? I don't think of John Harper. That's John Harper right there. Nobody, Hollywood has yet to produce a movie about John Harper. Now, John Harper was on that voyage. He was traveling with his sister. His daughter, enjoying what the Titanic would provide for them. But when 
they hit that iceberg, he turned from being a traveler and became a paramedic, a first responder, if you will. But not in the way that you're thinking. He first took his daughter and his sister and he placed them in a lifeboat. And then he left with his life vest on and went around sharing Jesus to everybody that was holding on to the debris of the, of the, of the ship that was sinking. Saying, do you know Jesus? You need to know Jesus. Before you, before you sink, before you, 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 you experience this tragedy, you must know who Jesus is. He came up to one individual, and this individual said to him, I care nothing about this man named Jesus, and I don't want to know him. No one is coming to save you. And in today's culture, you hear those words over and over again. You know, they, I don't need a savior. No one's coming to save me. Have you heard that before? I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to know Jesus. I don't need a relationship with Jesus. Jesus has never done anything for me, and I don't need to hear a fable about a man who lived 2,000 years ago. Whether he walked on water or not is no concern to me. I don't want to know Jesus. So John Harper did, did the incredible. He took off his life vest, and he gave it to the man and said, you need this more than I do. You need this more than I do. And he swam off and went on to continue sharing the good news about Jesus with everyone who was holding on to pieces of wood and, and whatever they could hold on to as that ship sank. That person was a lot like a lot of us today. Don't know Jesus. Don't have any desire to know Jesus. And John gave his life vest said, you need him. You need this vest more than I do because my life is secure. Are y'all with me this, morning, this evening? <laughs> As John Harper swam away battling the hypothermia, he went from person to person continuing to tell people about Jesus, and he came to one man who was clinging on to the boat's debris, desperately wanting to be saved, waiting for a rescuer. Waiting for a what? A rescuer. At first, he didn't want to hear John Harper's message. So John Harper went on and kept swimming on and telling more people. But then by, by circumstance, he came back to the man and said, do you want to know about Jesus now? And at that moment, he had a moment of clarity where he realized where he was. He felt the cold of the water. He saw the waves, the openness of the sea, that there was no ship in sight. And at that moment, he decided to give his life to Jesus. Four years later in Ontario, the group of the survivors met, and they retold stories of that night. And this individual shared, he says, I am the last person who converted to Jesus when John Harper sang, swam to me. And in that moment, he said, I realized at that moment that although I had a life, I had not lived. Although I had a life, I had not lived. And there are so many people on this planet who are filled with the luxuries of life. They think that they have life, but they're not living. On the Titanic, there are three classes of travelers. It was first class. Anybody love traveling first class? I'll tell you right now, when I went to first class, I was like, no, I will never go back to cattle class. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's first class, it was second class. Then there was the third class for the workers. The white star line which owned the Titanic ship after the tragedy had hit. Put on the outside of their board two classes. I want you to see them. Two classes of people that were left. These were the survivors who were rescued from the sea. And then they had another another, another um, a, a, a description of who, what, what kind of classes were on the Titanic ship. And it read like this. One was rescued and the other was lost. Rescued and lost. One side was lost, the other was rescued. Are you all, are you all with me? On this life that we live on this earth right now, you can live a life first class. You can live a life second class. Some of us are in no class and we're just kind of barely getting on. But here's the truth about it. The reality of our existence is that God only sees two classes of people. Either the rescued or the lost. Are you with me tonight? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Either the rescued or the lost. The only two classes of people that are left. Which brings us to our text of the evening, Luke chapter 2. A little story, part of the Christmas story that we don't read much. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we, we're introduced to a gentleman by the name of Simeon. How many of y'all have heard of Simeon during the Christmas story? Very rarely do you hear about Simeon. There's the shepherds, there's the innkeeper, there's the donkey, and then there's Mary and Jesus and, and Joseph, but nobody talks about Simeon. We don't talk about Simeon. Okay, anyways, okay. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and, he had re and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. He was waiting for a rescuer, waiting. For 400 years, God had not spoken to his people. It was a dark time, but Simeon was waiting for the rescuer. Waiting for someone who would come. Now, here's the thing about it. He had no, Simeon had no idea that the star that, that, that shined bright in the sky that the Magi were following for hundreds and hundreds of miles was the sign of the rescuer coming. He didn't know. He didn't have a sign. He didn't know that, that the shepherds who were out tending sheep in the fields had received a word from an angel and had seen the heavenly host sing to them about a baby who, who they would find in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. Had come. He didn't know that. He was just waiting for the rescuer. Are you all with me tonight? Just waiting for the rescuer. He had no idea that the angels had proclaimed that the Christ had come. He faithfully just went to the temple day after day waiting for the rescuer to come. In Psalm 18 verse 1, if you read it with me, Psalm 18 verse 1 says this, says, I, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress. And my deliverer, everyone say deliverer. My deliverer, 
my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and, and, and born of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord. He is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. There is this sentiment throughout the ages that we need someone to rescue us. We need someone to take shelter and refuge in. In Psalm 22, it, it, it reads like this, 22 verse 8. It says, um, uh, commit yourselves to the Lord. Let him deliver you. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. The idea of a rescuer and a deliverer is throughout all scripture. Fifty times in the Old Testament is this idea spoken of. That humanity needs someone to rescue them. My question is, what made Simeon not quit waiting? What made him quit not quit waiting on this rescuer? Because even though we know, hello somebody, even though we know the word, hello somebody, we sometimes give up. Even though you know the words and the scriptures you've memorized all your life, we sometimes give up. Even though everyone in America is singing Christmas carols and, and giving presents and celebrating this thing, we don't live in the waiting of that rescuer. So Luke chapter 2, verse 26, watch what happens here. It says, and, and, and he had, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Hello, somebody. The Holy Spirit was where? The Holy Spirit was upon him. Sometimes you can know all that you know, but unless the Holy Spirit reveals, illuminates, and grips your heart, your knowing is of no use. Y'all with me? The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that, that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus to the Lord, as the law required. Let me go ahead and go back. Can I go back a little bit? Can I go back just a little bit? Is, is it okay? May I have your permission to just erase, a, uh, re rewind a little bit? Okay, because I want you to catch this. Because some of you are here and you're thinking, I just came here because I just came here. I just came here because I had to go fulfill this duty. But watch what, what the word says. The word says this. It says, uh, 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 it says that, that, that that day, verse 27, the spirit led him to the temple. You're not here by chance. Perhaps you've been led here. Led here. There's all kinds of things that you've been waiting on. And God is getting ready to deliver that which you've been waiting on all your life. Right here, right now, if you're willing to receive it. Amen? Amen? That day the Spirit of the Lord led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your salvation which you've prepared for all people. How many people? All, all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child, come on now, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. And many will rise, many others to rise. 
He has been sent as a sign from God, but watch what happens. Many will what? Oppose him. Many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Mary walks in. Joseph walks in. They're holding baby Jesus. Can you, can you picture this moment? This stranger comes up to them and blesses their child and, and says these mighty words over that child. The rescuer has come. The rescuer has come is what Simeon is saying. Your child is the rescuer. Your child is destined to, to make many fall. Your child is destined to make many rise and many will oppose him. The rescuer has come. And here's the thing about the rescuer. Lots of Hollywood movies are, are, are made about rescuers, saviors. I remember some time back I was, I was at a movie with a friend, and we're watching the movie, and they literally elbowed me, and they said, stop it. I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, I can see your brain working. <laughs> because there's no story in Hollywood that is far off from the story of the gospel. What is the movie Black Adam about? A rescuer. What are the Marvel movies about? A rescuer from Thanos. What is Superman about? A rescuer, someone to save us. All of humanity wants somebody supernatural to come in and take us out of this mire condition that we're in and rescue us from ourselves. But the rescuer of the Bible does not show up with an S on his chest. He does not show up with, with supernatural powers and, and doing all kinds of things. He does not come with, a, with, with magic. He comes in the form of a weak, helpless baby. And Simeon says, that's the one. My God, I feel like preaching right now. I feel like preaching because this is the thing about, about the gospel. The gospel is this. The gospel is that G God uses weak things in order to confound the wise. He uses, he uses things that look foolish to reveal his wisdom. Not a warrior. It wasn't a king. It wasn't a superhero. It was a savior. As a weak, helpless baby, but Simeon knew that no one, not everyone, would accept him. Not everyone would receive him, but that many would oppose him. And here's what I want to tell you, Relevant Church. Here's what I want to tell you, Riverside Inland Empire, is that our pride, our arrogance gets in the way of us receiving help from the rescuer. We're so preoccupied with rescuing ourselves. And how has that worked for you? How has that been working for you, really? Your education will fail you. At one point, your money will fail you. Hello, somebody. No matter what you acquire, what you attain, what you build, it can be taken from you in a moment. In a moment, in a flash, taken from you. We all need a rescuer. But many of us are like the guy who took the vest. Hmm. I know you came to get a nice, happy message about Christmas. But this is a Christmas story. Many of us would rather get a gift from this world that will last for a lifetime than receive the gift that lasts for eternity. 
And so we have a life, but we never live. We have a life, but we never fully live the life that we're destined to live. John Harper left the safety of the lifeboat and gave away the safety of his life vest because he knew that those people had no hope, but the life that he had in Jesus was filled with hope. See, right, right now, this is when Jonathan's like going ahead and like, you know, editing himself because I want to go ahead and break down hope. Because many of you think that you know what hope is, but you don't know what hope is. Hope is real. Hello? Hope is a real thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next week when we start our new series, don't, don't front and stay home because it's New Year's Day. I got to stay home. Shut up. You need a rescuer. We're going to be discussing how hope is what pulls you forward. Your past keeps you right there, repeating same patterns. Your thoughts, your emotions are nothing more than data about your past. Yeah, 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 you're emotional because of your past. You're not emotional over your future. Your future has hope in it. Y'all with me tonight? And in our pride, we hide in our shame. In our guilt. And here's how John Harper reminds us of Jesus. Jesus left the safety of heaven and gave his life for people who are sinking and without hope. Tonight I want to let you know that Jesus is here. Jesus is here, amen? And he is the rescuer. On the door of the White Star Line, their corporate headquarters, was two signs, those rescued and those lost. When you went to buy your ticket for the Titanic, you had three choices, first class, second class, third class. In this life, you're given three choices, first class, second class, third class. When it, in eternity, there's only two classes, rescued or lost. Rescued or lost. Rescued or lost. And those who are lost are the ones who say, I don't need anyone to rescue me. I can do it by myself. They end up being lost. Why do you need to be rescued? You can't save yourself. Jesus loves you. Was born for you. Lived, bled, and died for you. And he came here to rescue you. And I want to share the gospel with you. This is your life. This is how the, the word works. Zion, come up here. I need your help. My, my poor son. He's like, it's my birthday, Dad. You're making me, you're making me work. See, this is humanity's, humanity's story. God created the heavens and the earth. And then on the sixth day, what did he do? He, that's the seventh. Good, good, good attempt, Zay Zay. On the sixth day, he created man. He created Adam. Are you with me? So Adam is created. This is the beginning of humanity right here. 
But somewhere along the way, I don't know how long they lived in perfect peace with God. In perfect peace with God, they lived for a while. But somewhere along the way, they made a decision to say that we don't need you, God. We can do this by ourselves. And in that decision, all of humanity fell. All of humanity fell in Adam. Are you all with me so far? And so there's this timeline that takes place. Zion, come here a second, son. I want you to move that to the middle. That one, this one. You're a strong boy. Use your muscles. You're nine now. There you go. Okay. Now I want, to, I want you to tape it to the same place. You got it? So for thousands of years, this is what's happening. And all of, from, from, from Adam's fall, every prophet, every patriarch, every piece of scripture, both in the Bible and also in every other religion, whether it was the Greek mythology, whether it was Buddha, whether it was the Aztec Indians, I don't care what philosophy is out there. Everyone is pointing, saying, we need something to happen to take us from this condition that Adam has left us in. And Javen's trying to correct me. It's okay. It's going to work out. <laughs> He's trying to fix it. And so what takes place is this, is that God's like, you know what? I can't fix the condition of humanity through this line, I have to start all over again. Are you with me so far? And so Jesus, who is born in a manger, is called the second what? He's called the second what? He's called the second what? The second recreation of humanity. Are you all with me? And so at that point, God says, I'm going to start something new. Tape it over here, son. There you go. I'm going to start something new right here. And the entire world that we know divides human history on this principle. Before Christ, after Christ. This is why Christmas is so important. At this point, Christmas is the story of God starting over again. Starting over again. And he says, and, 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 and Jesus comes and he lives perfectly. And, and, and the red representing his blood, he dies for all the sins and all the bad stuff that's happened from back here. He dies for it over here. But something else happens. And this is the thing about it. This is a tragedy. tragedy is this, is that, come here, son. Here. In 1976, Jonathan is born. In 2001, Natalie is born. 
1991 or 90. Lauren's born. 1974, Pastor Scott's born. 1982 or 81, Pauline's born. 1987, Amanda's born. Am I right? 85, sorry. But your life, Amanda, although it's born here, instead of going forward, are you with me? You guys following so far? Instead of going forward, what happens is that your life really tracks backwards. All the way back here to the point of Adam's sin. You're born in his condition. Are you all following me so far? And no matter what Jesus has done does not matter because you are still born under the curse of your father, Adam. Y'all following me? But if you just would do something and admit somewhere along the way that you need a rescuer, what takes place is this, is that your life my life can now go all the way back and start all over again with Jesus. Are you all with me? Yeah. It can start all over again with Jesus. And so my life no longer looks like Adam's life. As a matter of fact, okay, hold, this, hold this up, son. It goes on with Jesus, and then Jesus says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you by yourself to your own devices and your own ways of doing life, but rather I'm going to allow your life to take on the life that I live, a life that is filled with my power, filled with my glory, filled with my light, because although you're living on this continuum of time and you're still stuck on this earth, where bad stuff are happening because of what started with Adam back there, guess what? I give you my life. You take on my perfection. You take on my righteousness. You take on all that I've done on the cross, everything that was right. God no longer looks at your life back here. He says, I take your sins and I remember them no more. As a matter of fact, right now, if you've got guilt and shame in your life and you're, and you're worried about stuff and you're still filled with anxiety, God's saying, what are you anxious about? What are you feeling guilty about? What are you feeling ashamed about? I don't remember your sins. I've taken them away. That is the gift of Christmas. I get to start all over again right here with the perfect Adam living inside of me. He says this. He says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you to your own devices. Although Christ ascends and goes to heaven, he sends his Holy Spirit down to live on the inside of you. And so your life now, no longer, and my remote's not working. Not working? Not plugged in? Okay. Okay, it came loose. Anyways, this was supposed to light up. Praise the Lord. Technical difficulty. Our Christmas lights did not work. He does not 
let you alone to live this life by yourself, but rather, he says, I'm going to give you all that is mine. I'm going to give you myself to dwell on the inside of you. Amen? And now the life that you have is a life that is supernaturally driven and guided by his love and his light inside of you. All you have to do is say yes to the rescuer. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time where we've heard your word, we've heard the story of your gospel, of your power, what you've done, how you gave your life away, how you left your safety in order for us to experience your joy and the life that you want to give to us. My prayer is that in this place where we all love each other, it's a safe place. We've laughed together, we've cried together, we've had a good time. God, we get to make a choice. We can either be like the men and the women who clung on to the debris of the Titanic and said, I don't need anyone to rescue me with this man named Jesus. Or we can say, yes, I'll accept. And although I may die on this planet, I still have the life that you give. God, you know how we do here. No manipulation, no tricks. I know that you're working on the hearts of people right now. For some, it's just a seed that's planted. For others, today is the moment that Christmas comes to life. That person is you. Wherever you are, say yes. Say yes, Lord. I'll accept your word. I've been waiting on you. I'm that Simeon who you've led to this place. And although it didn't come in the package I expected it, it was weak, it was helpless. But I heard the message of the rescuer. Today's my day of rescue. that person is you just say amen say yes Lord hallelujah God I accept you